0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. My darlings, I want to thank you for joining me for another week of Ghost of a Podcast. This week just so happens to be episode number 100 of this tiny little independent podcast. I thank you for joining me for 100 episodes. What? Uh, Yeah, a lot of episodes. So this week, I'm going to answer a question from somebody called Guilty Privilege. And they said, I come from a family with money and I feel immensely guilty and shameful for it. I try to live with a generous spirit, but I feel like I am not doing enough. I am extremely grateful for my circumstances. And I know that it's important for me to give as much as possible away. But how do I release these patterns of guilt and shame that I am holding on to? Bless, bless, bless. Thank you for everything. Your podcast brings me so much joy. And Guilty Privilege was born December 2nd, 1995 at 7.38pm in Boulder, Colorado. So this is such an important question. I'm so glad that you asked it. And First of all, I want to say that there's two really important levels of this. One is guilt and shame, and the other is responsibility, right? Because when we have privilege, whether we're talking about class privilege or any other kind of privilege, it's power. And in order to be able to use our power effectively and sustainably, we need to get out from underneath the grips of shame and guilt and all that kind of stuff. Because ultimately, shame and guilt are an obsession with the self. They're too much self-reference in a way that actually doesn't support you in living your le- best life. And I don't mean that in a like, I'm wearing these shoes, I'm living my best life. But I mean, really, truly on a soul level, living your best life. So When we look at something like privilege, it is important to recognize that there are lots of layers to it. One layer is looking at where your class privilege comes from. Like how was it earned? That is an important thing to be able to look at and own. And when I say own, I mean, own that you are the beneficiary of that, however the people before you made their money, you are the beneficiary of that. And to understand that that doesn't mean you did those things, what, if they were bad things or good things, right? You didn't do anything for that class privilege, but it's important to know where your money comes from. And it's important to be able to sit with that, to sit with the complicated, messy feelings of that, right? Now, the other thing and the more pressing thing is to be able to look at where your wealth is invested. If you have wealth that is inherited, it is probably invested in the stock market. Most people who come from class privilege, they have families who have you know, economic advisors and those economic advisors are people who tell you where to invest your money for the best return, right? They are not generally motivated by ethics, they are motivated by doing their job. Their job is to make their clients more money. And what makes the most money? Not the greatest things, not the greatest things. And so if you have class privilege and if you have wealth, that means you're probably invested in the system. And I think it's really important to figure out where any money in your name is invested and to look at the ethics of that company and make sure you are not investing in companies that do harm in the world. Now, it is hard for a large company to do no harm. It doesn't have to be true, but it tends to be true. You have to figure out what your tolerance is for putting your money into companies that do a lot of harm or harm that you're very against. If you have wealth, you can divest from companies that do harm, that are in opposition to the things that you care about, whatever those things are, ideally speaking, those things are, you know, that cause harm to humans, the earth or animals, and that oppress and repress humans, the earth and animals, ideally, ideally, that's what you're going to say. Now, honestly, if ever you've done research into looking at, you know, what are quote green stocks or investments, Apple is considered green. I wouldn't consider Apple to be green. So unfortunately, you have to do your own research based on your own ethics to figure out what your tolerance is for being invested in different kinds of companies. Now, I know none of this is astrological, but it's really important when you take responsibility for your wealth you are using it to build a more equitable and sustainable world this is not only ethical but it'll also have the side effect of lessening your shame because you'll be more associated more present and then your generosity will come from a cleaner place and will have a stronger impact so i want to really say to you i think it's great that you're willing to look at your class privilege and that you're willing to work on the feelings that come up for you around handling your class privilege. Now, one more thing before I get into your chart. Over the years, I've worked with many people from class privilege who kind of struggle with what you're struggling with. This feeling of, I feel that it's wrong to have all this inherited wealth, and I want to do something about it. And the most common thing that I see people do is not educate themselves about the economy or money, or even where their stocks are invested, and instead, just give it all away. And the problem with this is only that giving money away, when you don't have ownership of where your wealth is invested, it's kind of like picking at scabs, you know, you pick up the scab because it's itchy, but it doesn't actually address the core problem. If you choose to invest in mutual aids, or some form of reparations, or some sort of, industry that you believe is progressive and useful to the world, that is beautiful. If you want to give your money to individuals instead of organizations, that is wonderful. There are so many ways to spread your wealth and to invest in building the world that you want to see. However, it is really short-sighted to do this by only giving money away. And the reason why I say this is because in my experience counseling people, when people come from class privilege and they feel the way you do guilty privilege after the sudden return comes, so aka in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, it gets a lot less appealing to just give away money if you don't have a more grounded understanding of where your money comes from, where your money's invested in, and even how much money you need in order to survive or thrive. Punishing yourself is not a great strategy. And that brings us to your birth chart, because in your birth chart, you have a Pluto Sun conjunction. And it's a wide conjunction, but you do have a Pluto Sun conjunction. And that does incline you towards shame or resentments and kind of compulsive patterns that make you feel bad about what you are. And not even necessarily about what you do, but about what you are. And as we know about shame, shame thrives when we don't share it with others. Shame thrives when we don't make eye contact with it and strive to really understand what is underlying it. In your case, having Pluto on your Sun really means that being powerful, you associate as being bad or too much or at other people's expense. The indication here is that probably you're not going to love how the money was made, how the wealth was amassed in your family line. You might not feel really good about it. And that is important to own, but also to not personalize. The wealth that you have inherited is inherited. I would say the same thing about trauma. It's what you're going to do with it now. And that takes some measure of acceptance, acceptance of where you come from, of where you are, and the options in front of you. Now, you also have a Neptune Uranus conjunction in Capricorn, as your generation does, but it's opposite your ascendant. And so, what happens for you is when you don't see a clear, distinct path forward in terms of behavior, you get really overwhelmed and anxious. And you didn't mention anxiety in your question, but my guess is that is actually a lot of what this is about for you. You feel guilty because you feel anxious. So instead of feeling, okay, this is my situation. These are my circumstances. What am I going to choose to do with it? It's kind of like you've walked into a spider web and you just like move to like shake it off of you. And the problem with this is that it doesn't actually help you to deal with the systemic problem of spiders in your house. It is instead just reacting to each individual spider web. Now, my love, this issue is a long-term issue. It is. It has been something that you've thought about probably for the better part of your whole life. You do have Saturn in your birth chart forming a square to your sun and natal Mercury. And that means that you tend to feel guilty and you tend to feel responsible. And again, that part of you really wants there to be a clear path forward, something that you can do to fix it, right? When we look at the impulse between these outer planets to fix things to make the wrong right when it doesn't come from a grounded place it doesn't actually work you don't feel better when you give away your money you still feel guilty you still feel bad and the reason why that is is because you're giving away your money so that you don't feel a certain kind of way instead of from having a comprehensive understanding of the problem itself and your power within that problem. Power is not a dirty word. Power is not a bad thing. Power is simply power. It is on all of us as individuals. It's certainly on you to decide how you want to leverage that power, what you want to do with that power. And there are a lot of ways to invest your money. There's so many ways to invest in the world we want to build. The question becomes, what is your way? Now, my dear, in terms of releasing the guilt, it's really going to be a process. And the more you have evidence in your life that you have done the work, you've done the work not of giving away your money, although that's a meaningful part of it, but you've done the work of educating yourself, of tolerating your feelings and of coping with things in a balanced and healthy way. When you do that, over the course of time, what will happen is your guilt and your shame can go away. Because really, guilt is kind of the ugly side of responsibility and humility. It's important that as you take responsibility, and you have humility for the shit of life, or your shit, when you take responsibility, then you don't need to feel guilty. Then you can be like, all right, this feels bad. Maybe, but I understand that I'm doing my best within it. And in terms of shame, well, shame is another one of those emotions that only thrives in the darkness, as Brene Brown likes to say. And so I really want to encourage you to be present and shine light on that. And that doesn't mean you have to compulsively disclose your family's money to all the people of the internet. It doesn't have to be like that. We don't all have to process our personal shit in public. We can but we don't have to. And where we have shame, we have a tendency to either want to do it very publicly or very privately. You, it looks like, have a sense that you should be processing this publicly, but I actually don't know that that would give you enough space, like psychic space, to really process it. Give yourself permission to have private process. Give yourself permission to do your research, do your homework, and then be overwhelmed with emotion to slow down or stop, to feel bad, and then to find your center and start again with more education, more self-knowledge. And what will happen from there is you'll be able to leverage your power in a way that is sustainable, reflects your integrity, and helps to create the world you want to live in. Use your power. Power is a beautiful thing when used with intention for the people. National Bailout is a Black-led and Black-centered collective of abolitionist organizers, lawyers, and activists building a community-based movement to end systems of pretrial detention and ultimately mass criminalization. Free Black Mamas is an annual campaign where they coordinate and lead tactical bailouts to free as many Black mamas and caregivers as they can so that they can spend Mother's Day with their families and communities. This year, NBO is shifting their strategy to meet the needs of their people during COVID-19 crisis. They know that people in cages, especially those who are elderly, immunocompromised, trans, pregnant, and drug users have a heightened risk for either getting COVID-19 or experiencing greater complications if they do contract the virus. With that, they're moving to begin bailing out Black mamas and caregivers in the upcoming weeks to help ensure that they are alive and well to see Mama's Day. To support organizers around the country in bringing our people home, visit National Bailout.org. That's nationalbailout.org. Give what you can. We are all we need. My puppies and kittens. Let's get into this week's horoscope. We're looking at April 19th through the 25th of 2020. Lots of shit is going down. Pure On the 19th, we step into tourist season. So when we say Taurus season, we are talking about a solar season. The sun moves from the sign of Aries to the sign of Taurus. Pros and cons, my darlings, pros and cons. Uh, Taurus is a very sensual sign. And when I say sensual, yes, that could mean like sexy batting those eyelashes kind of sensual. But really, when we talk about sensuality kind of from a Taurian perspective, we're talking about it is a sign that is oriented towards and enjoys sense-based pleasures, aka food, comfortable clothes, good smells, pleasing music. It is a very aesthetic and grounded in aesthetics sign. And so moving into Taurus season, it can be quite a lovely thing, given the circumstances of the world right now, in that you could settle into cooking for yourself, being at home in a way that is pleasant. You know, I've been talking on social media a lot lately about ways of changing your home space to be more productive for work. And that might look like, You live in a tiny apartment and you're working from a computer in your kitchen and just lighting candles uh, on either side of your computer and setting up a space that actually is conducive to shifting from I eat breakfast here to I am working here. It's about orienting our spaces, our home spaces, to better serve our ever-evolving needs. Most people don't have home spaces that are set up to never leave it (laughs) or to work from it. So sun and Taurus can be really helpful for that. Now, the downside of this Taurus season is that Taurus is kind of a social sign. It likes to get out there and like hug a bitch and break bread with someone and just connect physically. It wants to puppy pile. It wants to snuggle or make out. And this is not a great season (laughs) for that, given that we're in this, you know, global pandemic so tourist season may actually stimulate you to create more comfort in your life or it might make you feel really restless to get out of the damn house it could kind of go either way depending on how it hits your birth chart and so as much as possible i want to encourage you to consider moving shit around in your bedroom in your apartment in your house wherever you are if you are in your house all the damn time start to orient your space to better serve your needs and that doesn't mean you're investing in being at home forever it just means you're investing your sense-based experience of your home in a way that actually supports your present moment the here and now tourist season on the 20th we very quickly get into this sun square to Saturn. Now that's because Saturn is at uh, almost two degrees. It's at one degree plus of Aquarius. So we go into a sun square to Saturn quickly. And this particular aspect will feature heavily in the new moon horoscope that I'm about to give you. But here's the thing about sun square Saturn. A lot of people will tell you this is a really rough transit. And for many people, it is a rough transit. But the reason why it's rough is because it kicks up consequences. If you are living in ways that are not authentic to you, if you have been pulling some bullshit on yourself or other people, this transit can kind of drop an anvil on you. That could look like consequences for actions or inactivity. That could look like just feeling down. Saturn governs depression and depressiveness and a sense of isolation. It's related to like hermit vibes. A sun-Saturn square can really kick up feelings of depressiveness and loneliness. It's not what you want to hear. It's not what you want to hear. So here's how you work with it. If you're just dealing with the psychological feelings of it and the emotional feelings of it, because the sun is your identity, but it's also your sense of vitality. And Saturn governs aging and a sense of being worn down or weighted down by circumstances or conditions. And so your best move when this transit occurs is to really pay attention to what isn't working. Listen to the evidence of your life at this time. Doesn't matter if it's fair or not doesn't matter. But you want to pay attention to what isn't working. So around this date, and especially on the 20th, if you find that you're feeling really down and really disheartened, okay, that means you need support psychologically, you need to look at your life and see how can I put in place better habits, routines, resources into my daily life, so that I can do a better job of supporting my sense of being stuck or uncertainty over the future or loneliness. These are all very common feelings that are associated with Saturn, and also they're really hitting so many of us through this shelter-in-place and quarantine time. If you find that there is a relationship or a work dynamic or something like that, that you are having to cope with that is kind of reaching some point of crisis, which squares can be associated with crisis, the best thing you can do is respond as dispassionately as possible. So what that requires of you is taking the space you need to really assess what is happening here. What am I reacting to? What are my needs in this situation? And what are my responsibilities? Right? So it's really like parsing that out. And if you find yourself like having a day around this day, so you'll be feeling it the 19th, the 20th, it's exact. And then on the 21st, go through those little questions, ask yourself those little questions, and it will help you to better orient yourself around the energies so that you're taking responsibility and not creating more problems for yourself down the line. Now, the other thing is, this is a great time for editing. It's a great time for pruning. So if you have been putting things off, like dealing with your inbox or cleaning your damn kitchen or I don't know, filling out paperwork so that you get your stimulus check or whatever it is. This is a great time to do it. Sun, squares Saturn. I feel like whenever I see that transit, I think, okay, it kind of favors like filing, like totally tedious tasks that you don't want to do, but you can't completely go on autopilot. You actually have to pay attention to what you're doing because if you're going to feel like shit anyways, you might as well get something done. You know? I know. It's annoying to hear. The last thing I'll say about this particular transit is about depression or depressiveness. So because Saturn governs depression and depressiveness, and I see them as really different things, you know, depression is kind of like a clinical term, but many of us experience depressive thoughts and feelings, but we don't have clinical depression. We do not have like ongoing clinical depression. And there's a difference between these things. So I like to hold space for that difference. Now, this transit can trigger pre-existing depression or it can trigger, you know, situational depressive thoughts and feelings. And the thing you want to know is that everyone has Saturn in the birth chart, which means everyone experiences depressiveness to some degree at some point in their lives, at least a couple few times. And so all to say, my puppies, it's part of the human condition. And if you can accept, okay, I am feeling this way, then you don't allow yourself to go into, why am I feeling this way? It's bad to feel this way. I can't feel this way. Those feelings of resistance actually disempower you from coping. So if possible, if you're feeling those kinds of feelings, start with, can I accept that this is how I'm feeling? Just start there. And if the answer is yes, then ask yourself, is there something I can do for myself in the here and now that is constructive, that'll help me? And maybe that means take a damn nap. Maybe that means reach out to your supportive friends and say to that supportive friend, hey, do you have bandwidth to talk to me? I'm feeling kind of low. Ask them because this transit's impacting everyone. So your most supportive friend may be feeling depressive that day and not have the bandwidth to take on your shit. And that's okay. We want to be able to recognize some things take Talking it out and processing. And some things take just a refocus. And this is why it's actually a good time for organizing your life because it's kind of a refocusing of your attention and using it to constructively move yourself forward instead of feeling stuck. Now, there's nothing wrong with feeling stuck. It certainly feels bad, but it is not necessarily bad. If you're feeling a little stuck around this date, don't worry, the new moon is on the 22nd and it will change things up. So let me shift gears. On the 22nd, we have a new moon in Taurus. It's at three degrees of Taurus. Now, as I always remind you, a new moon happens every single month. And what a new moon is, is when the sun and moon are at the exact same degree of the exact same sign. So there's generally one new moon per sign per year. This is our experience of a new moon in Taurus. It's the only one of 2020. And this is why these new moons and full moons similarly are really noteworthy because the specific energy with which they happen occurs once a year. And new moons are the opening of a cycle, right? They're the opening of a cycle. And the moon in astrology is related to your fields. And the sun in astrology is related to your identity. When these two forces come together, we have the potential to set intentions and set ourselves up on a path. Now that path can be behavioral, but whenever the moon is involved, it is meant to include and encompass your innermost world, your feels, your feels. So this particular new moon is another kind of complicated one. I'm sorry to report, but people who live in the world may not be shocked to hear. Oh, look, the astrology is complicated right now. This new moon has a Uranus conjunction to it. The sun and moon are at three degrees of Taurus and Uranus is at six degrees of Taurus. And Uranus is the planet in astrology that is associated with the unpredictable, the unexpected. So it is hard to predict what will happen when Uranus is involved That said, you can expect the unexpected. You can expect some form of disruptions. And those disruptions are not inherently bad or good, right? Taurus doesn't love a disruption. Who are we kidding? It's a fixed sign. It's kind of the sign that wants things to stay the same and to be secure and stable. Uranus is like, yeah, that's cute, but (laughs) let's change it anyways. When we look at this particular transit, it is wise to expect something to shift either within you or in your life. Now, unfortunately, Saturn is forming a square to the sun, moon, and Uranus. The square to Uranus is much wider. But in general, what you want to really know about this transit is that having Saturn square to a new moon is not fantastic. Okay. And that's because Saturn kills all boners, as we know. So when Saturn forms a square to a new moon, it kind of dampens the brightness and the potential of new beginnings. You know, Saturn tends to have to do with pruning and closure. And the new moon is typically about openings and newness. And so having this Saturn square to the sun, moon, Uranus conjunction in Taurus can bring up loneliness. Let's talk about loneliness for a moment here, my loves. Saturn is related to your existential sense of self. I remember the first time I read Kafka, I was like, oh, Saturn. It's just very alone vibes. Uranus is also quite meaningfully associated with aloneness. But Uranus is, I am an individual and I'm an individual within society and I'm interested in that. Whereas Saturn is more obliged around that. Now both of these planets are associated with community in different ways. But having this configuration of planets can make you feel disempowered to be a part of a community. And that might in the context of, you know, shelter in place mean that you're just lonely and frustrated and bored or just not knowing how to thrive Not having social contact with other humans, right? Humans are inherently social creatures, even those of us who are super introverted. This transit can simply bring up feelings of feeling stuck. It can make you feel insignificant. It is wise for you at this time to prioritize investigating your feelings of loneliness. We all feel lonely. We all do. It can be a really lonely thing to be successful. It can be a really lonely thing to feel like you are not successful. It is lonely to be in a body. Ugh, isn't that annoying? But the reality is the human condition, let me get a little spiritual here, the, the human condition is inherently one of loneliness on some level because we are all in these separate bodies living our individual paths and experiencing loneliness is kind of part of the human condition. And I'm not saying we are locked into or trapped in loneliness. I am saying it is part of what we experience over the course of our lives. And being able and willing to embrace yourself in those feelings instead of abandoning yourself or punishing yourself for having those feelings is a really valuable tool. And that might look like at this time, I don't know, listening to lots of inspirational content or reading lots of inspirational content around the theme of loneliness from mental health and spiritual health experts. It might look like going out of your way to be vulnerable and text friends or get on FaceTime with friends or whatever it is. Connect with people. Step into your vulnerability and watch out for self-fulfilling prophecies where you only reach out to people who have proven to you in the past that they're not available for realness or they don't call you back consistently or whatever. There's a way that because Saturn is involved, you wanna watch out for ways that you set yourself up. You create self-fulfilling prophecies that prove to you that your biggest fears are valid. Pay attention to that part of your habit because if you get nothing else from this new moon, you may get a meaningful insight into ways in which you limit yourself or you keep yourself from others as a way to protect your emotional body. And in seeing that, you can see that it doesn't work. Or maybe it does work, but this new moon is more likely to show you what isn't really working for you. The thing about Saturn is it brings about consequences, as I said when I was talking about the Sun-Saturn square. And so you might deal with consequences at this time. Now, in the context of public health, Hopefully we're not going to see consequences in terms of health issues, but hopefully you have been doing a really good job of protecting your health and the health of others. Um, We want to really make sure that we are thinking about public health and we are thinking about the greater social good at this time, because that is so much of what this new moon is going to bring into probably some pretty sharp focus. Saturn is related to, you know, hierarchies and the government. You want to be on the lookout for rash institutional or or structural rules being asserted. You want to be on the lookout for those things because we want to stay associated. We want to stay aware of what is happening in this world. And if your stress level is making it so that you aren't actually consuming news, I might challenge you to shift your strategy this week with the new moon and to have some more moderate and temperate and sustainable way of consuming news so that you are informed and you are educated not inundated not overwhelmed but informed and educated now my loves This new moon will test your boundaries, but not just your boundaries, everybody's boundaries. And so it's really valuable to be thinking about what are your boundaries? How do you assert your boundaries? How do you manage and maintain your boundaries with yourself as well as with others? So when I say with yourself, you know, something I touched on in last week's horoscope was around addictive behaviors, compulsions, right? And the thing about addictive behaviors and personal compulsions is they really are the embodiment of not having healthy boundaries with yourself, with your own feelings and impulses. And so here this week, in a very different way, we have another opportunity to refine our understanding of our needs and our behaviors and to start kind of establishing clarity, internal clarity around what we need and how we need to act around what we need. Saturn is a very actionable planet, so is Uranus, and Taurus is a very material sign. If you're dealing with some sort of a structural inequity, I want to say that you are not alone. And there is a power in numbers. And so find organizations, uh, websites, organizers who already have been researching and coming to understanding and collecting resources for whatever it is that you're dealing with, because those people are out there. Find the helpers, Mr. Rogers says, and he's right, dude. So yeah, find the helpers because this is the thing. Divided, alone, and lonely, we are easy to control. We are easy to oppress or repress. But when we come together as a collective, when we empower each other, support each other, when we organize that is when we have more power. We have more structural power. And that is when corporations and governments have to listen to us. So you don't have to become an organizer just because there's a new moon. Find someone who is. And as always, really pay attention to looking at sources, looking for receipts, as the kids say. Look for receipts. So that brings us to the last transit of the week. It's It's not a chill one. I'm sorry. On the 25th, we have a Mercury square to both Pluto and Jupiter. Hi. So Mercury is your mind, it's communications, it's your thoughts and your attitudes. Uh, It's what you say, it's what you think, and it's how you listen. It's also texting, DMing, and emails. Pluto and Jupiter. Mm. Having them together is something I've talked about in the past couple of episodes in various ways. Pluto is compulsion and it is destruction. And healing. Jupiter is expansion. It is more. It is a planet that does not like limitations. It likes to explore and educate, but also proselytize. So, having Mercury square Pluto and Jupiter could mean fights. It could mean major clashes of opinion. It could mean that someone comes at you with the full force of all of their grief and all of their struggles and just tries to dump it on you. Or you could be that jerk and you could do that to someone else passions are going to be running high around this date. unfortunately. Emails. Expect tense and terse emails. Expect many emails. It doesn't look chill. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't look chill. So here's the thing. This transit is likely to trigger obsessive thoughts. It does not make it easier to listen. Uh, your thinking and your attitudes may be so inflamed that it is hard to really see things clearly, even though you may feel like you're finally seeing things clearly. I want to say very emphatically, watch out for propaganda. I don't care, left, right, whatevs, watch out for propaganda. It is really important that you source materials, that you do your research if you're going to start going off about a thing. If somebody is coming at you with, you made a mistake and I need you to fix it and yada, 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 I want to encourage you to do some real breathing exercises like real breathing exercises before you allow yourself to formulate an opinion. Cyberstalking, don't do it. Just don't damn do it. If you're finding yourself obsessed with someone who once hurt you, someone you have a crush on, something that is out of your control, I want to encourage you to be really, really careful. Really careful with what you allow yourself to focus on. Because when we focus on something, when we give something our energy, it's like praying to it you know, that's what prayer is. And so this is not a good time to pray at the altar of what you don't want. It's a fucking terrible time to pray at the altar of what you fear. What you want to do as much as possible is research. Do the the best case scenario of Mercury-Pluto, which is research, investigation, and not into things that are not of consequence, but to things that are of true consequence to you. And the thing about this transit is it can make you feel so intensely. It can make your thoughts run in such intense and compulsive directions that you actually have a hard time dealing with the heart of the matter. And you find yourself fixated on things that don't actually matter. An example of this is someone might say something on social and you may find yourself fixating it in some sort of like online battle with them all day long. That is a misuse of your energy. Pick your battles wisely. Pick them with intention. If you're going to beat yourself up for something you said wrong, something you did wrong, for an old belief or attitude that you've since learned is not right. If you beat yourself up about it, if that's what you use this energy to do, it's really a misuse of energy. It is a waste of the opportunity to give yourself permission to have failed or fucked up and move on, right? We must give ourselves and others the opportunity to grow. And if we hold ourselves, if we chain ourselves to past mistakes, then we cannot do that. There needs to be some Uh, latitude for mistakes. And unfortunately, Pluto and Mercury together can be quite punishing. Pluto is quite a punishing energy. Now, Jupiter is about big picture. So unfortunately, the downside of Mercury forming a square to both of these planets is that, yeah, you could find yourself in a situation where Jupiter is just like egging on Pluto. Now, the positive potential is that you decide that you want to grow and you decide that you want to really explore and that you're willing to consciously do that with your shameful feelings and your resentments and your compulsions, if you're willing to look at the ways in which you have addictive tendencies in your thinking, if you're willing to look at the ways in which you are defensive, if you're willing to look at the ways in which your convictions are in some ways more emotional, than reasoned, this can be really healing. And I'm not saying any of those things are inherently bad or good or whatever. It's about looking at these things. Mercury is the mind, it's look at your attitudes. And whenever we go through a square between Mercury and a planet, it's an opportunity to be in crisis. Now, crisis is a war that people freak out about because it sounds really negative, but a crisis in consciousness is actually wonderful. It might not feel awesome in the moment, but it might not even feel that bad. A crisis in consciousness is an expansion. It's an opening, and it has within it the potential for real growth and development. They are not the squares, my loves. It's really not a good use of the, the square energy. Instead, you want to think about, how can I grow from this? How can I learn within this? And if the way you feel is too compulsive and too activated to be constructive, Okay, great. Take responsibility for that. That on its own is healing to recognize the limitations of what you can and cannot do in a healthy way. And I want to remind you of something that I say often on the podcast. You really can't control other people. You can't tell them what to think. You can't make them feel any kind of way. But what you can control with much effort, what you can control is your response to them. There's your reactions. It's how you feel. It's what you want to say. It's what you want to get off your chest. And then there's what you need to say because it's what you want them to hear. It's a different thing. So, finding a space between your reactions and your responses is wise. It's a great skill to cultivate. And this transit is a time when you may be able to actively cultivate that skill. Isn't that great? Isn't that cool? Okay, those are your transits for the week. Uh, Welcome to it. Make the best of it to the best of your ability. I thank you once again for joining me on this 100th episode of Ghost of a Podcast. Loves, puppies, kittens, peaches. Life is sometimes hard, sometimes frequently hard. As much as possible, I want to encourage you to do something that I don't often encourage you to do consume media that is hopeful, that is the presentation of humans doing the right thing for each other and for the earth. Have that noise in your head along with all the other noise that is out there. You know what I'm saying? Ya capiche? Every year they say the end is near. But we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.